morning as we gather in this sacred space to celebrate, commemorate, and reflect upon the life, the light, the legacy, and the love of Brother Ronald Roberson. Let's give God praise for his life. I think we could do a whole lot better than that. Let's give God praise for his life. We know that this is a homegoing celebration and we are in the midst of mixed emotions. And so whatever you feel led to do as far as your own grieving process is concerned, we give you the capacity and the space to do that. And yet we still say that this is the day that the Lord has made. And even in the midst of death, when you know somebody knows the Lord, we can rejoice and be glad in it because this is not the end, but merely a transition from life temporal to life eternal. And so as we prepare to move forward, as far as this worship experience is concerned, we will follow the flow as far as the program that has been shared from the family Dr. Redman will do the invocation, opening hymn from our Minister of Music, Old and New Testament from the ministers of this church, Reverend Brenda Richardson, Old Testament, and Reverend Dr. D'Angelo Dia, New Testament, and then a prayer of comfort from Elder Corey Fonville. And we will go in that order, and hopefully and prayerfully, each of you have your own microphone. Uh, and if not, we'll make sure that you have the implements that are necessary. So as we move forward, Dr. Redmond, would you come and seek God's presence in this place? Would you bow with me? Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you, Father, for waking us up this morning. Father, thank you for touching us with your finger of love one more day. God, we say thank you because you've been mighty, mighty good to us. And Lord, we have gathered here today for no other purpose but to celebrate life. God, thank you for the life that you long to us. God, thank you for the life that he lived. God, we say thank you for his family. Thank you for his beautiful wife. And Father, thank you for his beautiful children. And God, we pray now in the name of Jesus. As his friends and family have come from all over this state and even over this country. God, we say thank you for them. Now, God, we know that you are here. We knew you were here when we walked on the steps today. We knew you were here. And God, we say thank you for being here. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, God. We ask that you invoke your presence upon this place in such a mighty way. Oh God, invoke your presence so that we may hear your word today. That we may sing the songs of Zion today. God, invoke your presence in such a way, oh God, that when we leave here today, we're going to leave here lump, leaping and jumping knowing that we have been in your presence. Oh God, we say thank you. Thank you right now in the name of Jesus. God, we feel you in the building right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
Thank you, oh God. Wrap your loving arms around this family right now as we move forward in worship. But God, before we do any other thing, we just want to say thank you. Thank you one more time. Oh God, thank you. You didn't have to do it. God, you didn't have to wake us up. You didn't have to do it. But God, we are so excited that you did. And so God, we are here. We're going to lift up holy hands today. Oh God, some of us are going to move in this place in such a way. Some of us may even shout today. We're going to shout, oh God, because we know you and we know your son. And so God, in the name of Jesus, move free in here today. Oh God, move free. Move freely, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Move in such a way, oh God, up and down every aisle. Oh God, one by one, name by name. God, move, move, move in this place in such a way that we feel your presence. God, I say thank you. Oh God, I thank you for this opportunity to worship and bless your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you believe the prayer, come on and give God some praise in here. Oh, you can do better than that if God has been good to you. Come on, if he's been good to you. Come on, give him praise. Scott Gibson is going to come now. It is well with my soul. Oh, 
is home. It is well, it is well with my soul. And the Lord hates the day when the faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It With my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. Sweet family and friends. The Old Testament reading, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. God's word for God's people. Amen. Reading from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 51 through 58. It reads as thus. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will rise imperishable, and we will be changed. For this imperishable body must put on imperishability, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable body puts on imperishability, and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? 
Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast and immovable, always excelling in the works of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord your labor is not in vain, because in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. Namaste. Maxine, family, know we love you. We got you. Let us pray. What a peace we forfeit. What a heavy burden we bear. We don't come to you, O oh God, in everything with prayer. But consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by your power of grace divine. Let our souls look up with a steadfast hope, and let our will be lost in thine. Creator God, we pause in this celebration of life. First, O God, to acknowledge you, and bear witness, O God, that without you, there is no life. Scripture instructs us to boldly come before your throne. So here we are, God, with cherry eyes and a heavy heart at the transitioning of this great man, this wonderful husband, this wonderful father, this wonderful man of God. So God, it is said that the angels rejoice when you call home one of your own. And God, the angels may be rejoicing but there's a family here, oh God, that is attempting to navigate this road that we call bereavement. So we lift them to you, oh God. We ask, oh God, that you be with them in their quiet times, oh God, when the tears start to flow, oh God. Father God, would you just remind them that their tears would saturate their garden of victory. And, and Father God, in that quiet time when they don't know what to say, God, you're so awesome that you would send us a spirit that would make intercession on their behalf with a grumbling that no man can utter, O oh God. And Father God, we ask that you just continue to comfort them, O oh God, and be with them, God. And O oh God, would you allow them to find solace in your spirit of love? But you know love, O oh God. It's your signature on humanity, O oh God. You know love, O oh God. It transcends from generation to generation. But you love, you know love, O oh God. That even defies the power of death. God, I'd be remiss if I close this prayer without thanking you for Jesus. But we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And Jesus, you are the power behind them, and you are greater than the task ahead of them. And, Father, and Jesus, we just ask right now that you lift this family up for the days to come and for our own preparation into eternity. Massage their hearts with the fruit of your spirit. And teach them to number their days that we may apply them more unto wisdom. We pray this prayer for you, to you, 
because we know that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power in you. To you, be, O oh God, be the glory forever and ever. Amen, amen, and ashe. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a song if I can show somebody who's traveling wrong then my living shall not be in vain if I can point somebody to the Lamb once slain, if I can tell somebody that he rose again, that he can cleanse the guilty, he can wash away the stain, then my living shall not be in vain. Then my living shall not be in vain then my living shall not be in vain if I can help somebody as I pass along then my living shall not be in vain if I can do my duty as a Christian not if I can bring back some of the beauty to a world abroad, if I can spread life's message.
that the master taught then my living shall not be in vain then my living shall not be in vain then my living shall not be in vain if I can help somebody as I pass along, then my living shall not be in vain, no, not in Thank you, Brother Scott Gibson, for your gift of song that you've shared as far as this family is concerned. want to thank Dr. Redman as well as uh, our other ministers, Reverend Richardson and Dr. D'Angelo Dia and Elder Corey Funville for what they have shared as far as participation in this particular homegoing celebration. I want to, at this time... Um, to call to our mic to my right, your left, uh, the following persons to come and give tributes. And the aspect of this sharing gives the myriad, the kaleidoscope of who our beloved elder Ronald Robeson was as far as his human existence is concerned. So from the family, Dr. James C. Robeson Jr. will come following uh, him. Uh, St. Paul Community Baptist Church Elder Board, Elder Richard Gaither, and then the IBEW Local Number 3, John White. Um, and I just say this as an aside. I know I probably don't have to say it, but I say it as an aside. Um, we ask that if you could to keep your remarks to two minutes. There is some grace, but if I have to go... <clears throat> Or if I have to stand up, I don't want to do like the, the, the Sandman at the Apollo. So um, uh, we will give you grace. Um, and, 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 and I know I don't have to say it, but, but I got to say it anyway. Because y'all don't look like that type of crowd that would just do whatever you feel like doing. Um, but I've had persons who were asked to give a tribute and they came and sang a song. <clears throat> so if you're going to give a tribute, amen, give a tribute. I, I don't have to say this to, to, to this crowd. I, I sense there's a wonderful aspect for uh, protocol and procedure as well as giving God the glory, honor, and praise. So we're going to ask that Dr. Robeson would come and then Elder Gaither and then Mr. John White in that order. And... Um, uh, Scott will help us out as far as the mics are concerned.
Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm not going to sing. You don't have to worry about that. My wonderful, my wonderful aunt. It is a tribute for you to ask me to come and say something today. I think about my uncle. I think about his five sisters. I think about his three brothers. I think about them and all the cousins I have in the audience right now, church, that can say these same things that I'm going to say. I'm just it's an honor to be able to say something. There's a relationship that my father, Bishop Roberson, had with my uncle, Uncle Ronnie, that is incredible. They were separated by 17 years, but you would have thought that there was two years separated between them. And Uncle Ronnie came to New York. He was a young man, maybe 20 years old. My father was 20 years, 16 years, so that means he was about 40. And yet the couples got together and did things together. You would think double dating, just like they were the same age. It was not uncommon for Aunt Maxine and Uncle Ronnie to go with us to Bear Mountain, Sunken Meadow Park, do different things in New York. And all of my sisters who are older than me, has special tributes that they said to Uncle Ronnie. They told me these things this week. We talked, because I, I was the junior. I'm the youngest of them. But the things that they said, and I'm only going to share a couple of stories, the things they said let me know their respect and honor for this man was incredible. I remember one of my sisters telling me that this is the kind of man that Uncle Ronnie was. First of all, he was a cool talker and a smooth walker. They always said that. And we had so much respect for him because he was more like a big brother to them. To me, he was an uncle because we had a lot of difference in age. But to my sisters and brothers, he was more like a big brother peer to them. But they said, smooth talker, cool walker. And the interesting thing about it is, one time, my nephew, who's actually here, had bought a car in Brooklyn, got a bad deal. And uh, my, my sister called my uncle, our uncle, Uncle Ronnie, because my father had passed at that time. Uncle Ronnie was in the middle of church, hopefully not in this service here, answered the phone. Because he said, this is my niece. She could be in trouble. She told him what happened. He said, we will be there after church. And the cavalry came right after church. Aunt Maxine and Uncle Ronnie came there. And they talked to the man, the, the shyster. This man. He didn't want to give the money back, but it's okay. He served notice to them. And they left. And a few weeks later, maybe three days, I think it was, not even long, Uncle Ronnie gave a, a beautiful gift to my nephew to say, here, put this towards your new car. He was a giver. He was generous. I think about my father was a fixer. My father would find things and fix things up. Working as a New York City transit driver, he would just find things. Things would fall off of trucks. He would bring them home. He once found a large industrial strength um, air conditioning unit that would, that would cool this whole building and brought it to the house. Now, homes have 120 volts that comes through electricity that comes through the wall. These machines have to take 220 volts. Of course, he talked to his brother, the master electrician, Uncle Ronnie, wired that thing in the house, and we were cool for all summer long. Cool the whole house. I'll tell you something, and Uncle Ronnie wouldn't mind me telling you. This is the kind of man he was. And I love him for it. When my father passed, Uncle Ronnie came to me and talked to me for a long time. He knew, even though I was accomplished already, I was a physician, I was a parent, but I was lost. 
and I was missing my hero, my father, his elder brother. And he sat down and talked to me for a long time and let me know everything was going to be okay. I'll tell you something. At the end of that talk, he looked at me in my face and he said three words. He said, where is it? So he said, where is it? By the look on his face, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I went into my father's closet, got a shoebox. In that shoebox was a 38 revolver. And Uncle Ronnie said to me, I'll take that now. I gave that to my brother. And he came to New York so he could protect his family. You won't need that anymore. And he took it not because he needed it. He took it because he loved us. Because he didn't want any of us to get in trouble for something foolish. And we didn't need that protection anymore. Man of God. I want to just read something to you real quick. When I thought about my uncle. Scripture. Excuse my nerves. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? He whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous. Who speaks the truth from his heart. And has no slander on his tongue. Psalm 15, 1 and 2. Integrity is who you are when no one is watching. I'm telling you that my uncle, Uncle Ronnie, is a man of integrity. God bless you, Uncle Ronnie. Salutes and recognizes the God in you. So, namaste, church. Namaste. Elder Ronnie, Ronnie Roberson. We met at St. Paul Community Baptist Church, oh, maybe about 30 years ago. It was predetermined that we would become the very best of friends. Through our attendance at the church and participating in various ministries and everything, and we became very close, along with another friend of ours named Richard Shannon. Can I just pause one second here and ask the elder board from New York to please stand? Thank you very much. These are just some of the elders that served with Elder Ronnie Robeson. And we served on various committees and, and ministries at the church. And fortunately for us, we were asked to be men in training for the Board of Elders. Of course, we accepted that. And through a lot of training, serious training, a lot of study, a whole lot of prayer, we were accepted to the Board of Elders and we were consecrated a few days later by our pastor, the Honorable Reverend Johnny Ray Youngblood. And from that point on, we were became very good friends. And, well, there's a couple of stories, but since I'm limited time, I'll, I'll, uh, we went on retreat one time and we had been 
the three of us had been friends for all of these years, and we had gone on retreat one time, and Elder Roberson pulled the two of us aside, and he said he wanted to talk to us because we had been friends for maybe eight years or more, I don't know. And he says, I want to tell you two guys something. We have been friends for all of these years, but we are more than that to one another. says, I want us to adopt one another as brothers. And that's what we did. And we've been brothers ever since. Now, Elder Roberson was a God-fearing man. He loved the Lord. And he cherished working for the Lord and being of service to God's people. And he was a leader in the church. And he was loved and accepted by everybody because he's just a good man. And I thank God for him and the role that he played in my life. And he was just such a good fellow. And he served the board with integrity. And the church family loved him for being the man of God that he was and his leadership and they showed him that appreciation. And I thank God for my brother and my friend, Elder Robles. First Lady Maxine, to you and your family, your children, Charita, Jermaine, I want you to know this, you probably already know this, but the Gaithers, myself and my wife, Muriel Kay, you know that we're there for you all. And anything that you may need that you think that we can help you do, please do not hesitate to contact us because we are family and we are there for you. And thank you. Elder Ronnie, Ronnie Roberson, my brother, my friend, my adopted brother, Thank you for being to me who you were. Thank you so much. Rest in peace, my brother. Rest in peace. And to God be the glory. Thank you. Saying goodbye is hard. I met Ronnie Robeson 53 years ago when he and I joined Local 3 Electrical Apprenticeship Program. Working and attending school every Monday and Wednesday and having to attend union meetings once a month, our friendship developed. As years passed, 
it became a friendship of three. Me, Ronnie, and Rennie came, studying together for the M and A exam to earn our journeyman electrical certificate in 1976. Ronnie married his high school sweetheart, Maxine. As time moved on, <laughs> as, as time moved on, I married Carol and Rennie remained a bachelor, but not for long. As the year flew by, Ronnie as the years flew by, Ronnie told me he had joined the St. Paul Community Baptist Church in Brooklyn and was studying to become an elder in the church, which I could not believe at first. <laughs> but I saw that he became a very good elder and made me proud of his accomplishments, which led Carol and I to ask him and Maxine to be the godparents to our firstborn son. And they agreed and have been excellent godparents to our son, Javon. After Ronnie and Maxine started their family, our children were involved in several pro programs at the church until they went off to college. In, 2005, in 2005, I retired and Carol and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Ronnie and Maxine would come visit us and loved the neighborhood we lived in. Ronnie retired four years after me and told me he wanted to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. Maxine was still working at that time, but she soon retired too. It took up until 2019 for them to move here, and they moved into a house down the street from us. We were able to spend time together going to different events until Ronnie helped would gradually prevent him from going. I asked him if he regret moving to Charlotte, and he would say the only regret he had was not moving soon. Ronnie's friendship for all these years has been a blessing. And <laughs> Ronnie's friendship for all these years has been a blessing in our lives. And it has been an honor to have known him and Maxine. We made big plans for things we were going to do, but God has bigger plans for Ronnie. He will truly be missed. Love you, my brother. Can we give God praise for these wonderful tributes that have been shared. Thank you to Dr. Roberson, to Elder Gaither, and to Brother White for your insight. The family has been inundated with phone calls, text messages, cards, and letters. Uh, I want to take a pastoral privilege to just share a letter from the St. Paul Community, uh, St. Paul Community Baptist Church in Brooklyn. And I'm going to ask all of those who are part of that incredible congregation if you would stand as I share this letter with this family. To the family of the late Elder Ronnie Roberson, to everything there's a season and a time 
to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Ecclesiastes 3, 1, 2, and verse 4. During this season, we encourage you to lean on the powerful words of Scripture and the eternal promise of God like never before. We know that your hearts are heavy now, but as your church family, we gather around in love to remind you that your hope must stay fixed on Christ, the solid rock. Our prayers and thoughts are truly with you in this time. Though your loved one has transitioned, God is still God. All wise, all knowing, all loving, and he is still has a plan at work. During this trying time, draw on your memories for comfort and lean on God alone for strength. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Until that day of blessed reunion in our Father's eternal home. Sincerely, Reverend Dr. David K. Brawley, lead pastor, the Board of Elders, Council of Wise Jewels, St. Paul Community Baptist Church staff and family. Amen. You may be seated. As we prepare to hear from on high, I want to take this opportunity to say to Sister Maxine, to Sister Sharita, to Brother Jermaine, and to the families that have come from near and far that here at St. Paul, we are praying for you and with you. And that even though uh, the Robeson family joined us right after COVID started, uh, they were very connected in however way we could be connected at that particular time. And I just want to say that on behalf of our church family, that you're not going through this ordeal by yourself. You have help and hope in Brooklyn, New York, you have help and hope here in North Carolina. Um, coming from Robertsonville, the eastern part of the state, that's an interesting part of North Carolina. When, when I was running for president of our General Baptist State Convention, I discovered North Carolina is divided into three parts. Mountains, the central part, and the east. And the East is very, very interesting. Uh, but needless to say, <laughs> the, what's that? Sharecropper City. They still have cotton fields in Robersonville. However, Robersonville is, is one of the few black towns, not only in North Carolina, but in this country. And uh, I had an opportunity to tour it. And I don't feel so bad about my hometown of Monticello, Mississippi anymore. <laughs> After having toured Robersonville. But he was part of that family that helped to start that town years ago. And we pay land and sharecropper capacity. Uh, here, here's what we want you to understand. His roots were here in North Carolina. He cut his teeth and became a man in New York. Lord allowed for him to come back to North Carolina where he has now taken his temporal rest. 
not eternal rest, <laughs> temporal rest. Because this time is nothing but a transition from time temporal into immortality. He is no longer sleep. He stands at the bosom of our Jesus. And he is able to now see God face to face. I want to say to all of those that are here that when you think about this family, this widow, his son, his daughter, and the rest of the family, if you would, do me a favor. When they cross your mind, either give them a phone call. I'm not going to say send a text. Give them a phone call. I, 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 I ain't crazy about getting text messages and I need to hear from somebody. Give them a phone call. Aren't y'all glad God doesn't text? That, that God knows how to talk to us. Give them a phone call. and Let them know that you're praying for them. And if you don't get them, uh, leave a message. I will say this as I get ready to present our preacher for the hour. Sister Maxine, I had the wrong number. I, I got the wrong number. And I've, I've left about four messages with somebody that, that was not your number. And I just found out the other day that I had the wrong number, which is why I never got in touch with you to convey to you. But you know how we feel. And, of course, Dr. Redman, I want to thank you for navigating this family uh, to this particular point. I want to thank our deacons, uh, our ushers for being so faithful, our music ministry through our minister of music for the gift you have shared to our... Amen. You go ahead and give them praise. Scott's a bad boy. And to our media ministry for doing a wonderful job of parlaying this uh, service to those who were not able to make it. Thank you all so very, very much. And uh, now that I got the right number, Sister Maxine, I will be in touch. Uh, but I don't want you to think that I was derelict in my pastoral duties, but we wanted to make sure that you were taken care of. Um, so it is an honor uh, for me to meet our eulogist for the first time, even though his reputation preceded him and I've been knowing of him, oh gosh, for years. Um, Bishop January Youngblood will come and share words on our Lord's behalf as far as Elder Ronald Roberson is concerned. And what a blessed opportunity. And I'm so glad, Bishop, that you were able to fit this into your schedule on the request of the family. And we sit in anxious anticipation on how the Lord will use you to share the unsearchable riches of our Christ and also to inform us this is not the end, that God has something a whole lot better than the ghetto of earth can ever offer.
When the toils of this life are over Where the saints are clothed in white Beyond the throne Singing praises Forever, forevermore Jesus, he promised Be a home over there. Jesus promised, He promised me a home over there. No more sickness, sorrows, pain, or cares. Oh, he promised, promised me a home. In my father's house, there are mansions bright. If he said it, then I know, I know it's true. Just for me Beyond the sky Brothers and sisters There's one There's one just for you Jesus, he promised me a home over there. Jesus promised me a No sorrow, 
preacher is up, he wants the other preachers to pray for him, and what you may not know is that if you don't pray for me, why should I pray for you? I am honored to be here. I'm honored to meet this pastor who is energizing and to know of this great work. I preached at St. Paul here years ago when Dr. Drummond was here, and uh, I don't remember how many years um, you know, old brings with it its atrocities. <laughs> and somebody said that uh, you cannot teach an old dog new tricks. That ain't true. You can teach an old dog to eat better, walk slower, <laughs> go to the doctor, and rest. Some habits we did not observe while we were younger. But I am delighted to meet you, sir, to meet Reverend Redman, who wanted me to know that she knows my son, Joel, that they were in school at Livingston together. And uh, I did find out some of the stuff he was doing at school, <laughs> even though I never saw a report card. <laughs> Reverend Redman convinced me that he was in school. And then what a joy is always for me. Some of you probably don't understand it, but it's just a real joy when I can get with what I call with great humility and great pride, my St. Paul family. Don <clears throat> Pisgah is in the house. Um, Elder Ronald Hudson is with me. Where you are? All right, so it's two of us here. And don't, don't, don't get it twisted. The scripture says that one with God can chase a thousand and two can put 10,000 to flight. And then two of the apostles walked into a town in the book of Acts and somebody went running saying, these that have turned the whole world upside down have come hither also. But I'm also honored because the 35 years that I was at St. Paul, a lot of people came and became members. They came. 72 people called me at the St. Paul Church. And when I left, there were thousands that were there. 
And my greatest joy is God not only gave me members, but he also gave me friends and family. And Dr. Gardner Taylor used to say, God helped the preacher that got all members and no friends. And I'm grateful to be here. Ronnie and Maxine Robeson, Jermaine and Sherita. Ronnie was quiet. Maxine is not. When I read, I heard read in the obituary that Ronnie met Maxine, something it said about he, he laid eyes on her and then got her. That is not true. <laughs> Maxine saw Ronnie first, put herself in the way. And Ronnie did not get Maxine. Maxine got Ronnie. <laughs> she just built that way. But they were a wonderful couple. Sherita and Jermaine were very respectful throughout the years. And again, they became family and friends. And when I got the word that Ronnie had taken his flight and I was asked by the family, all three, to come, I really think I would have been here anyway. It's just there's some, there's some stuff going on right now that, uh, that's really challenging, but I'm glad to be here. When we come to this place, over and against mortuaries, we come to this place because we are people of hope. We come to this place because we've got, we are people who have a message that some people either don't have or won't take heed to. We come to this place because while it seems to be the last time, we know that it's really a graduation exercise. Have you noticed that graduation for many is the end, but they still call it commencement? It's the end of four years. But really, life is just beginning. And everybody ought to know, I said everybody, ought to know that God is indeed the God of every beginning. Scholars have taken notice, and Jeremiah Wright is one who has shared with us, that in the book of Genesis, it says in the beginning, God. In the beginning, when you study the linguistics of cultures across the globe, you will discover that there is syntax, there are connotations, that words can be written the same way, maybe even pronounced the same way, but they can have a different context. And it is believed that that word in the first chapter of Genesis, in the beginning, is a word, but not necessarily preach the word. The the, the the, in, in the beginning may not be the best word. The Hebrew language will allow us to look at that word and know that in Hebrew, it also means in a beginning. 
Did y'all hear what I said? It's not just in the beginning, as if only in that beginning was God, but God is a God of beginnings. God is a God of beginnings. And God is a God of beginnings because God is eternal. And eternal means no end. So that means that God is beginning, 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 beginning. And we're here today not because of an end, but because of a new beginning. And the God who was God of the beginning with Maxine and with Ronnie and with Sharita and with Jermaine uh, back in the days... The God of that beginning is still the God of this beginning. And that's why we can come with hope. Because even though times change, God never changes. This is the beginning for some of us. This is the beginning. This is the time when many of us realize that we know more folk dead than we do living. It's a new beginning. This is a time when we wonder, Lord, where did the times go? But it's still rolling on. So all of us, when we come, we get a chance. The degree is not necessarily measurable. But ever and again, that, that, that question uh, up out of the Negro spiritual, Lord, how come me here? How come me here? Now that latter part we dealt with in, in February there at Mount Pisgah Church. And it says, Lord, how come me here? Wish I'd never been born. That was up out of the hardships of this history. But you know what? We've also come to say, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. We've come to say, Lord, thank you. And this is what I want to emphasize to us when we come to this house. We come to this house saying, God took. God took. God took Ronnie. Yo, that's only half the story. Because God also gave Ronnie. And God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And if you don't believe me, Tell me who in here has ever been to the funeral of a no good person. Everybody who's ever lived and died was one of the best people that ever lived. We loved you, but God loved you best. People don't get good when they die. People are good before they die because all of us are extensions, exhibits, and expressions of a good God. We are made in God's image and after God's likeness. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would accept Jesus of Nazareth as his son, our imago dei would be healed. Our bodies might get sick, but somebody says it's well with my soul. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All because of Jesus. And that's why we're here today, because of Jesus. He is the center and circumference of our existence, Jesus. Ronnie knew Jesus. Ronnie knew Jesus. And you know, that's good news. Um, I, I had to, Pastor, not long ago, I had to reflect how I came to Christ. I'm 74 now, and uh, how I came to Christ. 
And I remember, Sharita, Jermaine, I remembered how I came to Christ. Mama said, if you don't get your behind on up there, did any of you get that? That's the road you traveled. And then, of course, when the revivalist was there, you were scared to go home because he talked about death. Like death was waiting at our houses to get us. So we, we joined that night so we wouldn't die. Ronnie knew Jesus. Somebody say to somebody else, Ronnie knew Jesus. But the best of the good news, I came all the way from Brooklyn to tell you, is Jesus knew Ronnie. Sometimes the church acts like we do God a favor joining. What you got to recognize is while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we walked down the aisle, before we got sick, before somebody won us to Christ, he had already paid the price. Yes, sir. And that Jesus knew Ronnie. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah he knew Ronnie. Ronnie, they said Ronnie was suave. And that, you know, he was suave. Maxine was strong. Now, that doesn't mean suave ain't strong. But it means that sometimes when you slow, you blow. And Maxine wasn't slow. What, what helps me when I think about Ronnie he was involved with electricity. Electricity. Whatever it is in life that you do and love, whatever it is that you do in life and love, and, and I'm going to tell you, I love what I do. I know the pastor loves what he does. And, and I'm going to tell you all something, but don't, don't take us too seriously, okay, please? I want to I wanna tell you all something about me and the pastor. And I don't want you to take it too seriously. We love what we do so much that if we had to, we'd do it free. But don't take us too seriously. <laughs> we live in a culture and society of demands. So remember, we, we have light bills and we have heating bills and we have appetites and we have families, and we have a desire to do things in the same way that you do it, and you tend to be our bosses. And if your boss treated you the way some of y'all treat us, you'd have been quit your job. But Ronnie loved that electricity. Not only did he love it, but he could deal with it. Tell Siri I'm, I'm preaching, please. Thank you. And she wasn't even saying amen. In fact, what she said was, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but electricity is a necessity. It is also a given if you don't know what to do with it, it's dangerous. 
had a meeting on yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, with the monopoly there in New York for electricity, and they're talking about FOH, which is the future of heating. The bottom line is there is a movement afoot to get rid of the fuels, you know, the gasoline and oil because of the, the carbon footprint and that kind of stuff. So they want everything to go electric. Do y'all know where electricity is? It's in the air. It's in the air. That's where electricity is, in the air. Yeah. Um, I remember that somebody said that one night Benjamin Franklin's wife got sick of him. And she told him, Ben, why don't you go fly a kite? He went out, mounted his kite, put a key on it, and the lightning flashed. And he was able to, from there, harness electricity. It comes from the air, but it's in this room right now. God is a lot like electricity. You can't see electricity, but you can see the manifestation of electricity. And Ronnie knew which wire to touch, when to touch it, how to touch it, and how to keep us from mistouching it. And I love every profession and every person who recognizes that whatever you do in life, somehow or another, God is manifested in that. We are God's exhibits, God's expressions, and God's extension. God speaks to us all day long. But when we're always looking for him to speak our language, we never grow to his level. And if there's somebody who needs me to say her for God, I don't mean any harm in that. But the bottom line is I've always grown up with God being a mother for the motherless. And my father had to die before I realized God was also a father. And not just the father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In my ministry to men, and I've, I'm proud of it, when all of those men stood over there, uh, that's where God entrusted me with the responsibility. And so men need to know that Jesus grew in favor with God and man. Electricity is power in the air. It is a source of power for other things. Uh, I attend uh, a chiropractor now, and when they adjust the C1 and the C2 and the C3 vertebrae in the neck, you know, they do that little quick pop, and then they say, the power is on. Most of us, we would call Ronnie when the power is off. But we know when Ronnie left, guess what? The power was on. And it's also mighty nice to know that there is a power above that power. There is a power that generates that power. And if you know how to harness it, Maxine, it'll be hope in the time of hurt. It'll be light in the time of darkness. People will wonder how you're making it. 
And what it is is you got a fuse or a battery that's still somehow or another connected to the power of Almighty God. I uh, want to close because Ronnie has preached his own funeral by the way he lives. The family has written up his funeral in the obituary. So I just came to pay regards and to remind all of us that there is a God who rules above with hands of power and a heart of love. And can I shout one minute? It says, and if you ain't right, he'll fight your battle. Even when you ain't right, God will fight your battle. Somebody ought to say amen. We always talk about you got to get right with God. God loves us so much that even when we ain't right, he will fight our battles. There is in seminary the thought of the problem of theodicy. Theodicy is why is it that the righteous suffer while the wicked prosper? How is it that good people get sick and die and devils run around with vigorous health? It's God who does that because he's always trying to give us a chance to get it together. And God will be with us even in the end. And if you don't believe me, you ask the thief on the cross. Yeah, yeah, when I look at the scriptures, Lee, I, I, I realize they're just beautiful. I love to see those encounters between the Christ and the community of people that he hobnobbed with while he was on terra firma. And, and I, I love it. And I just do some eavesdropping every now and then. And I do some whooshing, too, when I look at them folk. You know, and, 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 and I have, I, I, let me just tell you, uh, even at a time like this, say what you will to me, there are some of us who experience at least a teeny bit of envy. Mm -hmm. Ronnie ain't got to put up with the politics of this nation anymore. Right, right, right. He ain't got to deal with the rising cost of food and should I say the rising cost of living. And sometimes you kind of wish your time had come and it was over. You mainly wish that when you know the God of every beginning. Because you know this ain't the end. This is another beginning. And, 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 and so um, the thief on the cross, y'all remember them two fellas? On the cross. The, the thief on the cross, it don't get no better than that. Don't get no better. He was up there, stretched wide, raised high. For once, justice had caught up with him. It was his time to go. The late C.L. Franklin, the father of Aretha Franklin, said that when you see that little plaque in the casket that says, at rest, sometimes that's the community. That ain't the deceased. <laughs> and this thief on the cross, along with his fellow thief on the other side, they're up there. Justice has caught up with him. And one, you know, didn't know how to handle the moment. So he said to Jesus, yo, if you the son of God, yes, sir. save yourself. And while you're at it, take us with you. Yeah. 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 The other one, 
in a moment of immeasurable solemnity, he said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. I get envious and jealous of that dude. Can I tell you why? He ain't sung on the choir. He ain't paid no tithes. This dude ain't even been baptized. And Jesus tells him today. Today. Oh, today. You're going to be with me. In paradise. And I even get a little bit more envious when my imagination as a black preacher, you know, a black preacher can't preach without imagination. Pray God is consecrated, but if we can't preach without imagination. I envied him because when Jesus went back to the Father's house, the words Today you will be with me in paradise means I'm going to escort you in on my arm. Ah. 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 I'm still here on terra firma, but I had to imagine what did the saints who were already there think and feel when Jesus walked in with this thief? I mean, there are some of us who think that some people are going to heaven just because of their relationship with us. I don't know nobody who has consigned their mama to hell. No matter how hellish she was while she was on earth. Jesus takes his thief in, who at the last minute calls him Lord. Jesus says, you're going to be with me in paradise. He walked in. He walked in. The Holy Ghost let me take a quick trip to the other side. And, and I saw some folk, y'all. I saw Abraham. I saw Isaac. And I saw Jacob. Y'all, I saw David. I, I saw them dudes. And I got a chance to talk to them in the spirit. I said, Father Abraham. He said, yes, sir. I said, how would you feel when the Lord walked in? with that thief on his arm. And Abraham said, young blood, don't bring that earthly stuff y'all got into heaven. I said, what do you mean? Uh, Abraham said to me, young blood, the way y'all talk about us old characters of the scriptures, and y'all don't always talk about our good stuff. Y'all always point out our no goodness. Ah. Father Abraham, what you talking about? Young blood, you know you done talked about how I lied twice and pimped yeah. my wife. Yeah. 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 And I'm still the father of the faithful and I am the basis of the promise of Jesus Christ. I backed down when Abraham reminded me of that. You know, and, and then, you know, Isaac was there. And Isaac said, don't, don't, don't come my way. 
Because according to some of y'all, even I ain't got no business being here. So when I saw him walk in with that thief, I said, welcome, my brother. <laughs> Jacob, 12 sons by four different women. And y'all know how we are. And he's there. How did you feel, Jacob? Jacob said, don't y'all bring that stuff in here. This is our father's house. And he rules in his house. Well, bottom line, what I'm trying to say is that with God being the God of the scriptures, as we know the scriptures, especially when we are influenced by the abiding and enabling presence of God, the Holy Ghost. Not just going to seminary, but when the Holy Ghost is your forever professor. Who speaks to you when you're in the study like he didn't speak to you in the classroom. And when he takes you to higher heights and deeper depths, when that happens, you know. I don't like it that Ronnie had to suffer in his body the way he I don't like it that I'm going through the little suffering in my, in my body that I am. I, I could call the roll here a minute. All diabetics, let me see your hand. Everybody who's obese, can I see your hand? Everybody with high pressure, can I see your hand? But the bottom line is, what is the status of your soul? While Ronnie's body was ravaged by whatever the condition was. What was the condition? We don't know. The doctors told us something, but they don't always know either. Brother doctor, I'm sorry. I don't mean the uh, family doctor. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean no harm, man. All right? So make sure I get that brother's fingerprints and everything, because if I go to that hospital, he might try to get me. But Ronnie was a man of God. Jermaine? Jermaine. Got some of your daddy in you, boy. Jermaine, if God could take your daddy from what is it, Robersonville? Robersonville? If God could be God in Robesonville for your daddy. Took him to New York. Blessed his life. Let me be bold, Jermaine. I have no doubt that your daddy has prayed for you. And every parent Cuts a deal with God. Take care of my children. Jermaine, what God did with and for your daddy, he'll do three times for you. Jesus healed a woman one time that was bent over. Any of y'all remember that story? You got to read that thing. She was bent over. She couldn't even see him. She was looking down. 
Everything she saw, she, it was upside down. You got to watch some people who see things upside down. But thank God for a God who sees the circumstance. And when he saw that woman, he stopped and healed her. And his words were, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be made whole? I think I know him well enough, Jermaine, that even God himself would say, the Holy Ghost would say, ain't this Ronnie's boy? I owe Ronnie. Come on, let's give God praise for this powerful and prolific word. Thank you, Bishop Youngblood. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for your presence and thank you for your word. I know that this family and all that are gathered here are very appreciative but even more so blessed because you took the time to stop by. Let's give God praise one more time for Bishop Youngblood and let's give God praise for the life of Elder Ronnie Roberson. Hallelujah. We're going to ask that those that are Serving as funeral directors, if you will come at this time. And let me, is it raining outside? Yes. Sure, sure. We just really want to say thank you to our St. Paul Community Baptist Church family in Brooklyn, our St. Paul family here in Charlotte, our family and friends near and far who made trips from all around just to be here with us today. Pastor Scott, thank you. Dr. Redmond, Scott, Bishop Youngblood, for all that you have done for our family and poured into us. Um, we would be remiss if we didn't take time on behalf of our mother to say a deep heartfelt thank you for how you have prayed for us, how you have been there for us and poured into us during not only these last you know few days and weeks, but for years. We would not be here if it weren't for the love and the support of our family and friends. My father was a strong man, mm -hmm. the strongest man I have ever known. I can look back now and see all the lessons that he has been, that he taught us throughout the years. And to look back as we prepared for dad's service today, all the little things and the foundational things he was setting up for mom to be protected, for our family to be okay, all the messages that popped up for Jermaine about being strong, all the reminders for Dougie that Papa is always here. All I can do at this point is rejoice because it is well. And I know that dad isn't suffering. So I walk with joy and I say thank you. And I know Jermaine would like to share something as well. If you grew up with us, you know obituary, that we, any family function, Jermaine would kind of sing a little something. We are not going to do a long thing, Pastor <laughs> Scott, but 
Oh, y'all, y'all family, so, you know, it's, yeah. But Jermaine will have something he wants to share. Thank you for being everyone. Um, my father was a good man. He um, taught me a lot. I miss him. Um, I thank you all for being here, you know, to, to support us and Remind me how great he was, is. I just wanted to sing a little something for him for one last time. Um, it's a song um, called The Impossible Dream. I think it, um, it kind of fits him. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe To bear with unbearable sorrow To run where the brave dare not go To The unwritable wrong mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to love, pure and chaste from afar, to try when your arms are too weary to reach the unreachable star. This is my quest to follow that star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far, to fight for the right, yeah, without question or pause, to be willing to march, march into hell for that heavenly cause. And I know oh, if I'll only be true to this glorious quest, that my heart will lie peaceful and calm. When I'm laid to my rest And the world will be better for this That one man scorned and covered with scars Oh, he still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach, oh, to reach, to reach the unreachable star. I love you, Dad. Thank you.
This play says in love and memory of Mr. Robeson, with sincere sympathy, Alexander's funeral home. I want to get some clarity and instructions before we do the recessional. Uh, will the family be going out or going? Okay. So this is how we're going to flow as um, we prepare to recess. We have food prepared for family and friends. We're not going to let y'all come all the way from New York and at least not feed you. So we got food. So what I want to do is um, we will have the recessional. I'll walk out with the body. Dr. Redman going to take you all to the ray of hope. Um, I just need six men to serve as pallbearers. We still need that. And I need some sisters who will help us with taking the flowers. Uh, on Sunday, March the 12th at noon, the Congleton Funeral Home in Greenville, North Carolina will be handling the rest of this process. And of course, we live traveling grace and mercy for this family. Bishop, did y'all want to do? Go ahead. Everyone with the exception of the family stand. Take off those masks, brother, and sing with vim and vigor. May the grace of the God of Elder Ronald Robeson and the peace that surpasses all understanding be to this family in particular and to all of us in general. Amen.
We're going to ask that those who are serving as pallbearers, would you join me down front as we prepare to process out? Gentlemen, let me see. Ladies that are serving as flower bearers, would you come? Ministers, would you come? Those that are serving as flower bearers, would you come? We need some help. flower bearers or go before the pall bearers. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me, they stumbled and they fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war shall rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing that I desire the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set my foot upon a rock. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. There where I am, there you may be also. Dr. Redmond, if you would take the family and our guests to the gym as we process.